Good morning, everyone. Please help yourself to some refreshments. I want to thank our sponsors for the series of 10 Minutes of Meaning for the Year. Our friends Chani Len Grunstein, in memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak. We have been studying the Mesut HaSharim, the Ramchal's ancient but timeless wisdom for how to live the best version of ourselves, lives in which we're accomplishing the most, in which we have great pride in all that we do. So we're finishing the eighth parak, parak Ches, and we're in the middle of the paragraph where the Ramchal has been telling us that if, God forbid, God forbid, our lives were threatened, someone intervened and interceded and saved our life. If someone were able to give us a new lease on life, we would feel not only indebted to them, but we'd feel indebted to be responsible to live our best lives. Who could be lazy? Who could waste time? Who could squander opportunity if one received a new lease on life, if our life was threatened? And the Ramchal reminds us we should live our lives by realizing each day that we wake up is a miracle. Every day we have our faculties, every day we're giving, given gifts and blessings is a new lease on life. It's as if our life has been saved. And part of what can motivate and inspire and incentivize us to live our best versions of ourselves, our best lives yet, is to realize that we owe it. It's a debt of gratitude to the one who has not only saved our life, who gave us life, and who every day extends our life. Amchal says, you see here that I've incorporated in my words three progressive levels. So again, you want to stay in bed, and you want to waste time, and you want to surf the web, and you want to squander opportunity. That's the natural default for the human psyche. It's who we are. It's how we're programmed to be. But there are three things, says the Ramchal, Three attitudes or three levels of what motivates us to be more, to do more, to achieve more, to be our best. So the highest level, those who are really the most wise, those who are the most complete in life, are motivated by a sense of duty. It's my responsibility. I only exist here in this world because I have a mission. I have something to accomplish. I woke up today because my job is not yet done. I am uniquely positioned in this world with my personality, my traits, my attributes, my background, my skill set, my talents. I am uniquely positioned to make a difference in my family, among my friends, in my community, at work, in this world. Do I position myself in life in such a way that if I were absent or missing, there'd be a difference in people's lives. Revolber writes in Ali Shori as a tradition from his Rebbeim that in order to succeed in Din, we're beginning Slichos this Saturday night and we are officially launching what we've already known, we started in Elul, but the Yamim Noraim, Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur and Ne'ilah, we're going to make the argument to God, renew my contract and up my salary and give me more blessing and opportunity. We're going to make the argument to God, I deserve it, me, my children, my family. And says Revolba, his tradition is, the strongest, most compelling argument we can make to the Almighty is to be an Ish HaKlal, Ish HaTzibur, to be someone who means something to others. Because then we're not only advocating for ourselves and advancing our own argument, others are arguing for us. If we go missing, if we are more limited in our capacity, It'll make a difference. It'll negatively affect others. So therefore, we're arguing not only on our merits, not only by God investigating our file, but if we position ourselves as an Isha Klau, 
Are we somebody that makes a difference in other people's lives? Are we that person who is an inspirational davener? Are we the person who is the masmid in the base medrash? Are we the person who calls others to wish them a good Shabbos and make sure people don't feel lonely or they're checked in on? Are we the first one to run and to volunteer? Are we the one who puts the sedurim back or picks the garbage up off the floor when everyone else walks by it? Do we live our lives in such a way that we're making a difference to others? Such that if we went missing, they would notice and the world around us would be negatively affected and would be deficient. And says Revol, but only then can we succeed in Din. If we're not only advocating and arguing on our own behalf, Hashem, based on my merits, bless me, but Hashem, look what I do for others. And I want to be able to continue to do it. I want to spread your message. I want to repair the world in your image. I want to be a person that matters. Not for my ego, my name, or my honor, but for the difference that I can make and only I can make. Have we identified those areas? Do we live our lives at the end of each day that we can look at that day and say, I made a difference, I mattered. If I wasn't involved in people's, if I stayed in bed this whole day, not only would my day have been wasted, but other people's days would have been affected as well. So that's the highest level, says the Ramchal. How do we motivate ourselves to achieve the most and to contribute the most, to be the most? Is to realize the shleme hadas, those are most complete in their thinking, realize, mitzat hachova, I have a duty and an obligation. I have a responsibility that life is not about what I can take. Life is not about what are my privileges. Life is about what's my duty and my responsibility. What difference can I make? Those who are a little bit of a lower level. So the second level is motivated not by a sense of duty and responsibility, but by a sense of reward, external reward by the thought that, you know, I'm going to get to the world to come and I'll be evaluated, I'll reap the reward or benefit based on the choice I make in this world. If I make the right choices, I'll be rewarded, the wrong choices, and I'll be at a loss. And how embarrassing. What shame I will have when I sit and watch the video of my life with God in the Beisden Shamala and I'll see how much time was wasted, how many opportunities were lost, how much reward I gave up. You know, if someone would show you in your life all the all the investment opportunities people brought to you, that you, huh, you poo-pooed and you didn't take advantage of, and then they calculated for you, you know, had you put a little bit of money in those, what it would be worth today? Not the ones that you did put the money in that you lost it all, but if they would show you the spreadsheet of if you would have listened, if you would have taken advantage, you know the famous Jackie Mason, every Jew has a building they could have owned, they should have owned, you know, that building I was gonna... So imagine you'd see that. You'd feel so depressed. You'd be so upset. Look at what I lost, the lost opportunity. If only I had invested. Look at the return I could have made. That's what Olam Haba is. When we see the usage of our time, how we could have invested it, and the lost reward that we're not getting. And Lehamon, and really for the masses, the third and lowest level, which applies to the masses, then it's not about a sense of duty or obligation, and it's not about the reward in the world to come, it's about functioning in this world. That the prescription for how to have the most meaningful and pleasurable life in this world is to live a life of alacrity, enthusiasm, energy, to set goals, to aspire to be somebody who lives with drive. We'll begin the ninth parak, where the Ramchal continues the same theme, but this is a major yesod of Mesil Sasharim. When we identify a trait which is worthwhile to pursue, not only do we need a plan 
and a resolution for how to pursue that attribute, we need to identify and know what will be in our way. What are the impediments and the obstacles? What will knock us off course? What are the challenges? So the Ramchal calls this parak, the factors that will undermine a life of alacrity. You can wake up in the morning or you can go to sleep the night before with the biggest plans for the next day. Tomorrow I'm going to kill it. Here's my to-do list. Here's who I'm going to be. Here's what I'm going to achieve. Here's the high energy I'm going to live. And then boom, before the day even starts, something knocks you off course. You got an email. You had an experience. You had a poor night's sleep. We have to know and anticipate and develop a strategy for when we will encounter those roadblocks, how will we get around them? So let's just begin. So the biggest obstacle, the biggest impediment to living a life of enthusiasm and energy and achieving great goals is laziness. Laziness. The greatest form of laziness, the biggest obstacle, is the desire that we all have to take the easy way out. The natural default for many is to take the easy way out, to get away with the bare minimum. Because, you know, working hard, having high energy, living with drive can be uncomfortable. It could be inconvenient, sometimes even be painful. It requires mysterious nefesh. You have to make sacrifices. No pain, no gain, both in the gym and in the spiritual gym. And so we don't like pain. We're willing, many are willing to forego the gain in order to avoid the pain. We don't like the discomfort and we don't like the inconvenience. People don't want to have to work hard. Such a person will view life and our responsibilities and duties in the physical realm and the spiritual realm as an enormous weight, as a huge burden. It's very interesting and a synonym for the word laziness. We define usually atzlis and atzal is lazy, but a synonym for the word lazy is indolent or indolence. And the word indolent comes from the Latin, indolentia, which means without pain, without trouble, without discomfort. The core driver of why we're lazy is because laziness is pain-free. Having to overcome the laziness and work requires effort. And effort has discomfort or can have pain. So given the choice between the two, many often will choose the lazy way out. We'll pick up with this, please God, next week.